Uh, here we are today with another episode of Ordinary Celebrity, and I'm grateful and excited to be able to introduce you to a college student who is also a college athlete. Ryan Metz is here with me today. He is a Virginia Tech baseball player, and this is his last year. Uh, he's looking to graduating in the spring and beginning his life. He's going to be getting married uh, this coming summer. Fall, yeah. This coming fall. Uh, so Ryan, welcome to Ordinary Celebrity. Oh, thanks Jeff. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to just talk to you today. Thanks so much for agreeing to join. I'm kind of honored that you're here because you were a podcaster way before I was a podcaster. <laughs> so Ryan has a podcast called The Christian Athlete Paradox. And Ryan, tell us a little bit about the genesis of that, of that podcast and where it stands today. Yeah. So... I was out bike riding one day and this was during COVID, the heart of COVID. You're just trying to get outside and was trying to use COVID and the quarantine that we all experienced, you know, for good to learn something new. And so I was like, well, I'm a Christian athlete. I might as well see if there's any podcasts on Christian athletics. And so I was like searching through Spotify and looking for a podcast on this topic and I couldn't find one. And it kind of got to the point where it was like, well, how hard could that be to do it myself? God kind of was like, like, you could do this. And so that's kind of where the idea started was like, okay, can I do a podcast? And so I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. I looked up how to get your podcast on Spotify and Apple Music and all the hoops you have to jump through and kind of was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And so I started the idea of a Christian athlete paradox because in college athletics, Christianity and athletics don't always mesh super well together. You don't really see it. Um, and if you do see it, it's kind of below the surface. And so I kind of wanted to call to light this idea of Christianity and athletics are not actually a paradox. God gives us the desires of our heart to be able to mesh those together and to use that for our good. You know, college athletics are my mission field. And so this idea of the Christian athlete paradox was born. And I just started having conversations with other athletes like, hey, hey, what's it like? How have you managed to mesh Christianity and athletics together? You are also like a leader of Fellowship of Christian Athletes at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Uh, you're like the grand poobah. <laughs> uh, so you're the president of the organization. Uh, and it's been a challenge for you, I think, especially during COVID, you know, navigating how you meet and how you can gather and things like that. But I think outside looking in, sometimes uh, people of faith look at college athletics or professional athletics and those of us who are following Jesus, we wonder what what's the influence going on on that team? Is there any believers on the team? And is there any cool stories of faith movement on the team? And you were sharing with me earlier that there's actually a Bible study that you've been a part of with the baseball guys. Mm -hmm. Do you want to speak to that at all and how difficult or encouraging it's been for that uh, to take place? Yeah, so I'm in my fifth year here and I... God has always given me exactly what I needed and just enough of what I needed in the time that I needed it. And so my first year, I had one friend that was a, a Christian and we walked together in my sophomore year, we had one friend and then junior year came around and, and God introduced another friend who's now my roommate. And then when my one friend Graham left, you now my new friend Matt stepped in and it was always like God gave me just what I needed to be able to walk. And we never really 
had a strong believing core on the baseball team. It was always me doing life with one other guy. And it was great, but you know, we wanted more than that. And so we know that fellowship is with a body of believers, you know, and God gives us the ability to walk with one other person or even by ourselves because we know that he's with us. But ultimately what we wanted and we desired for was a body of believers that we could worship together in the circumstance of athletics that we were in. And so now we're in my fifth year and we started a Bible study in the midst of COVID and guys just started showing up and we're like, okay, this is cool. We'll run with this. And, you know, last year we started and we had, you know, eight or nine guys and, uh, you know, really started to build this body of believers. And I was telling you last night, like we had 17 guys show up and like, that's over almost half of the team that showed up to a Bible study just to hear about Jesus. Some that have never had any influence or impact with the gospel before. And, you know, just looking back and I think seeing where we've come and where we are now, like seeing God work on the team is, is something that has a far greater impact than anything that will ever happen between the white lines of the baseball field. That's so good. So our the podcast is Ordinary Celebrity, and we're always looking for something that's worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. And so outside looking in, I want our listeners to grasp the significance of half of the Virginia Tech baseball team in 2022 just met last night for Bible study. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that should be a huge encouragement to followers of Jesus everywhere, that that's being replicated in team after team after team, both college level, professional level, is that believers are being intentional to pursue their teammates and seek influence with their team and their coaches and so on and so forth. And God's doing a great work in places that we don't always see him doing that work. So, you know, everyone cheers when there's a home run and when the team's got a winning season and advances postseason and things like that. But there's some more significant work happening behind the scenes for people of faith. How do you balance the team success versus the spiritual significance of what you're doing? Yeah, I, I think the team success is something that's we got kind of ride this high, this high and low of a baseball season. We play 60 games. And so you're going to have a season where you're on fire and you're winning six in a row and you're excited. You're going to have a skid where you've lost seven in a row and you're like, well, this is this is no fun. Um, and so I, I talk about this a lot with the guys in the Bible study of sometimes we get on this roller coaster and you can call it a roller coaster of life. You can call it a roller coaster of baseball or a roller coaster of our faith. But the reality of it is, is that God is the only thing in this life that is constant. And when we get caught up in our success and our performance or our failure, the enemy wants to work in that to pull God from our lives and distract us by taking him off the throne. And so I think one of my favorite things about incorporating God or incorporating faith into baseball for all of the guys is that he's the only thing that's constant. And how are you going to play well when you're still worried about the loss from yesterday? The reality of it is, is that every time I step between the lines, God is already pleased with me because of who I am in Christ. And that's what I want guys to understand is that their identity comes first and foremost from their relationship with Christ. And it's not found in their success or failure on the field. That's huge. Ryan, I want to make sure we cover all of our bases. You see what I did there? I see what you did. That's good fun. I like it. <laughs> so let me toss out an easy pitch. Uh, I what's can't your, hit, but I'll try. <laughs> what's your role on the team? What's your position? 
How long have you had a position like that, like prior to college baseball? Yeah, so I'm a pitcher on the team, and we call it a pitcher only, meaning that I don't hit. Um, most people don't realize that, but I have no desire to step in the box. Like, that, that is terrifying to see that ball coming at me. Um, so all I get to do is throw the ball, which is perfectly fine with me. Um, and I started doing that my senior year of high school. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't a very good high school hitter. I didn't really know which end of the bat to hold. Um, but yeah, pitching is, pitching is what I do and it's the only thing I do. So it's, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting because, you know, you think, okay, you practice a lot. What, what do you do for that amount of time? You can only throw so much. Um, but there's a lot more to it than that. And it's, it, it's a, it's a head game. It's a repetition. It's a practice. You know, you, you find ways to get your work in, I guess. So would you say that pitchers are a little bit prima donnas? I mean, you oh, don't. Some for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, uh, how do you how do you maintain focus? So, uh, just from a skill perspective, I mean, constant focus, different pitches, uh, following your coaches as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, there's just a lot of repetition, and I guess it's a mind game. I mean, yeah. how do you how do you stay focused? Well, so having a routine is huge, and they talk all the time about having a routine. Uh, but I think it. I always tell guys that it's it's literally teaching biblical principles without putting the name of God in it. And for me, one of the things that I have to do is, again, find what's constant in your life. And the only thing that is constant is God. And so when I step on the, on the mound, the first thing that I do is I throw my warm-up pitches, and then I step off the mound and I pray. And a lot of people like will look at that like, oh, you're just doing that for show. No, to me, that's slowing the game down. That, to me, is for myself. Because... If you have 3,000, 5,000 people watching you, that gets your adrenaline up. And God is the only thing that's constant. And there's a strong desire and a strong pull to want that attention to be for yourself. But the reality of it is, is that God has opened that door for that opportunity. And only by his grace am I even able to be there. So praying is for me. Um, The other thing that I do, and they give us the ability to have a walkout song. And... I got this, I sold this from my buddy at Alabama and he's with the Texas Rangers now. So I, I can say that he is far better than I, but I loved his song and it's called Nobody by Casting Crowns. And I play that song because you don't get the opportunity to speak to the audience that's that, that are watching, but you get to choose to spread the name of Christ and how you play. And so the song Nobody says, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul and his name is Jesus. And so... To me, the praying is for me, but the song is for them. The song is a way to speak the name of Jesus without ever opening my mouth. I love that. It actually makes me think, why don't I have a walkout song? You should. Oh, that would be <laughs> awesome. You should have a walkout song. I'm afraid mine would be like the theme song to Star Trek. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or like Star Wars theme. Like, dun, 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 dun. I, I have to have a walkout song. That would be so amazing. Every time I walk up to preach, you know, here it comes. Yeah. I'm, I'm so here for you. You can start the I'm time. open for suggestions. I should, I should just take suggestions from the church. You know, what should my walkout song be? Oh, please do. Oh, that, oh, that just makes me so happy. That's so, so amazing. Tell me a little bit about your family. So your dad's a pilot. Yes. And so he's gone a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you grew up in a Christian home. And how did your parents, either intentionally or unintentionally, uh, speak Jesus to you, provide a spiritual formation for your life? Yeah. Uh, 
I'll say props to both of my parents because what they did was not easy. My dad was gone 18 days in a month. My mom was, you know, she, we had me and my brother. We were enough of a handful as it is. Um, but one of the things that I can remember and look back to that they did so well was we read at night. And my dad would either open the Bible, he would open a book, whether it was like Narnia, that had biblical principles in it. Um, and they were so good about introducing intentional conversation. And I think me and my brother for the longest time were like so uneasy about that for the longest time of like, we're not in church, why are we talking about God? And I think as it became normalized, we were like, oh, this is just a part of, this is, this is, this is our life. God is the center of our life, not just something that we do. And so they were really good about when dad was home, it was a treat because he wasn't always home. And mom did a, mom did a great job. I'm not saying she didn't, but having both of them together and having those intentional conversations about God was something that I, in my own marriage, I really plan to do. Ryan, tell us how you, how in the world do you balance being a college athlete with having a full academic slate. Talk to us a little bit about your major. And then you're also so intentional about expressing your faith and following Jesus. I mean, it's pretty rigorous. Yeah. How do you balance all of that? Yeah. So my major is mechanical engineering. Um, you know, that's a time consuming major here at Tech. And obviously baseball is time consuming in and of itself. I, I've always said that baseball in and of itself is the most unique atmosphere on a college campus because of the time that we have to spend because it's naturally a long game. Um, and so I, I, my first couple of years, I knew I wanted to be involved in a ministry. I knew I wanted to make God a priority, but you're being slammed with school. You're being slammed with baseball. You're, you're like, okay, where do I go from here? And I think what I ended up coming to was a couple things. The first thing is that the time that I give to God, he gives me back tenfold. And I know that sounds funny, but like the peace that I have from my relationship with God and prioritizing that, I believe God rewards. And so there's a joy to then go do work because I put God first and I think he rewards that in, in a joy within my spirit. The second thing that I had to learn was that be present where your feet are. And that if I'm at baseball, you cannot be doing school while you're at baseball practice. It's, it's, it's not, it's not done work. But when you're at, when you're doing school, you can't be at baseball. And then when you're worshiping God, worship God alone because he will take care of everything else and he is sovereign over everything else. So why am I concerned about things that I can't control at that present moment? God has given me just enough. It's not always like I, I'm sitting around twiddling my thumbs, but he's given me just enough. And I think that's, um, that's what I've had to learn is, is A, to be a, a useful, useful and wise with my time, but he's given me what I need. What, do you, what would you say has been the most challenging thing about being a college student, a college athlete, and a Christian? I think the polls. The polls that you face from the athletic community to go do, hang out with friends, to go here, to go eat lunch with your teammates, and then from school, the pull to do well. You. You want to do well. That's God gives us that desire to work for Him, but I think it can also shift into a selfish desire to want to do well for your own own gain. And so I think balancing those poles to always keep God at the center, because we know that that's the only way that's actually that's actually the way we want to go. Let me throw you a curveball. Okay. Wow. You're gonna can't hit, but I'll try. 
So if uh, I don't know much about baseball, certainly know nothing about pitching. Uh, in football, a quarterback step, steps up, surveys the defense, coach is called in a play, but the quarterback realizes if we do this, so he calls an audible. Mm-hmm. Do pitchers in baseball, can you call an audible? Can you read a batter and call an audible? Yeah, so if my coach calls a fastball and I see the, a swing as a certain way, and I'm like, well, I think he's susceptible to the curveball. I, I can shake off and say, I'm going to throw a curveball. But when you do that, the catch is you got to execute it. You can't, if you shake off coach, you've got to make your pitch. You can't, um, you can't make a mistake there. And so I think that's something that you have to learn is to, to trust the people that God has put in place to do their job and you can do yours. That's good. That's really good. So uh, if I was a batter, uh, what pitch would you throw me? Change up. You're sitting on the fastball thinking you're going to get one and it looks like the fastball and then it dives out at the end. How would you describe my personality from what you know of me as a pitch? I think you're a splitter. Uh, here's here's why. The splitter is the slowest moving. That's It's not quite enough. No, 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 no. <laughs> so the way a knuckleball works is it doesn't spin. But a splitter spins just a little bit less and it never spins the same way twice. And I think you're always fun, but you're, you're straight to the point. And you're going to get the job done. And there's so much wisdom in that pitch. And it's a tough pitch to throw. But it's, it's a little different every time, and there's always something fun about it. I like that. What, how, what pitch would you say you are, personality-wise? Okay, so I think, I'm, I think I'm a fastball, simply because I like things a certain way, and I know, like to know what things are going to happen and how to do them. And so you know what a fastball is going to do every time. That's awesome. Have you ever been asked a question like that? I have before? not. <laughs> I think that's a cool personality inventory. You yeah. know, like start describing people by what pitch they are. Yeah. I thought you were going to say I was a screwball or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today on Ordinary Celebrity. Uh, Looking forward to hearing the next episode of Christian Athlete Paradox. You can get a link to that in the show notes. Um, And we'll be following what's next for your life. And just really, really grateful to take some time today. Yeah, no, thank you, Jeff. I love the love the topic of this podcast and just what you do. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for listening to the Ordinary Celebrity Podcast. I want to encourage you to go to ordinarycelebrity.us. It will take you directly to the podcast on Anchor.fm. That's where you can get the show notes and links. And with this particular podcast, you can even go to Ryan's athlete page at Hokiesports.com. Once again, make sure you spread the word. Help us celebrate ordinary celebrity.